This spring, the Legal Aid Society announced a settlement with state officials, which is designed to ensure that about 5 million New Yorkers who use Medicaid will have access to dental coverage. To explain the origin of the issue and what should happen next in the Empire State, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Belkis Garcia, staff attorney with the Civil Law Reform Unit at the Legal Aid Society. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So it's my understanding that in 2018, a federal class action lawsuit was brought against the State Department of Health on behalf of Medicaid recipients in New York who were allegedly being denied coverage for dental care. What was the problem with the current dynamic at the time that prompted this lawsuit? When we first filed in 2018, the scope of the case was a little bit more narrow. We filed on behalf of two of our clients who uh, were having difficulty who were unable to access Medicaid coverage for crucial dental care for for two services. Those services were dental implants and replacement dentures. And at the time that we filed, dental implants were not covered at all under any circumstances. What the state did in response to our filing is that they changed the rules and they said, okay, we will provide Medicaid coverage for dental implants in these really minimal circumstances. And what that rule really required is that a person become quite ill with something that dental implants could fix before the state would provide coverage. And we have found in the intervening years that very few people were able to make it through this incredibly narrow, strict exception. We then After the state changed those rules, we amended the case to include much broader services, or I guess I would say what are likely much more common services, and those are root canals and crowns, because New York State essentially does not cover those services for for back teeth, for molar teeth, for anybody over the age of 21. And that's a pretty basic dental care that results in people really being forced to have their teeth pulled rather than treated. And, you know, that that's what we were looking to the policy we were looking to to challenge and change, hopefully. Well, why would that policy in terms of the coverage set by the state be illegal, for example? Why is that something that could be challenged in court? Yeah. So we had a couple of claims when we filed. There were a couple of Medicaid Act claims which require states to provide, one of them requires states to provide services equally amongst Medicaid recipients. So if you're providing care for one group of people, you have to provide it for other other people. You can't, for example, discriminate based on diagnosis. That was a claim because we had found that in, in certain circumstances, dental implants were being covered for some people, but also the Medicaid program you know, when a state does per- participate and provide services, they, they have to provide those services in a way that ensures that people essentially get the care they need. And the restrictions on these services were pretty extreme and were really limiting people from getting them at all. Well, how has the lawsuit been resolved? Yeah, so we are very happy to be able to announce that we filed a settlement agreement with the court or what we filed is a preliminary, a motion for preliminary approval for the for the settlement that we reached. We had negotiated for a long time with the state and if approved, I'm going to say once approved, it will mean that um, a, a really significant expansion 
and coverage for root canals and crowns because they are not really covered now for people over 21. So that will be expanded, expanded for adults and replacement dentures and implants will continue to be covered, but it removes the requirement that people become sick or that they're already sick with something that those services could correct. Is there anything that you were hoping to achieve with this lawsuit that you are likely not getting out of the settlement? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that in settlements, everybody is a little bit unhappy. Um, You know, I would love to have a dental program where we could guarantee that anybody who needs something could work with their provider and get that covered. It's just not that simple. I think if you take a look at the what it's called the dental manual, which outlines the rules, it still is not exactly written for a lay person. There continue to be restrictions in place. And I think that there will continue to be some administrative burdens for that will fall on Medicaid recipients that I think we have to see and, and monitor and make sure that it doesn't actually limit access, that that will continue to be true. So once these rules go into effect, we will have to uh, monitor how they're being how they're being enforced, how they're being rolled out, how you know the how people are being able to access or not access these services. For listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about a settlement reached between state officials and lawyers with the Legal Aid Society over Medicaid dental coverage. And our guest is Belkis Garcia, a staff attorney with the Civil Law Reform Unit at the Legal Aid Society. If the root of the problem in terms of the state's denial of coverage was that they were providing unequal services, could the state have simply said, okay, well, we can't afford to expand this to everyone, so I guess that means no one is going to get the coverage? Great job, Legal Aid Society. You ruined it for the few people who were getting the coverage, or was that not a possible outcome? I mean, I suppose that was a, pe- a possible outcome. I think we would have to, if that if that were the decision they came to, I think we would be exploring what our legal options were for that as well. But that is a position that the state could have taken, that we are not providing it for anybody at all. But that didn't happen, right? That didn't happen. And New York has been providing some dental coverage for Medicaid recipients, really from the from the beginning of the Medicaid program in New York. The problem is, they never really updated the standard, the care that they were providing. The coverage rules were essentially stuck in like the 50s and 60s. And so I personally don't think New York, um, and I think the settlement reflects that, that they were looking to get rid of care for everybody, which would have been a rollback of, of something that they've been providing for some time, just in significantly inadequate measure. Well, does this settlement once it's implemented, ensure that New Yorkers on Medicaid will have access to the dental coverage that they were previously denied? Or could access continue to be an issue either because of what reimbursement rates are or just because of a limited number of uh, dental professionals who can provide uh, these services? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I do think that coverage really is the first step and that from here, and so this, this will on paper allow people to receive coverage for these services that had previously been disqualified from coverage, right? But 
from here, New York has to ensure equal access and enforcement of the rules. And I suspect, not to be too cynical, but you know, when when big sweeping changes like this go into effect, there is there's some bumpy times and it doesn't always roll out smoothly. And again, I think that's all of our jobs to make sure that providers understand what is covered, that Medicaid recipients know what their rights are, and that people are appealing these denials when they get them to, you know, basically assert those rights that they, that, you know, initial denials may be wrong. Well, if the new change in coverage is utilized to the full extent by New Yorkers on Medicaid, what do you envision will be the additional cost to the Medicaid program? You know, I don't, I don't know what the financial cost is that the state estimated, but they would have had to have done that in order to reach this settlement. And they clearly decided that they could afford it. My personal prediction with the cases that I have seen, and it's, you know, perhaps anecdotal, but my clients have experienced so many more complicated, more challenging, more difficult health needs and dental needs because they weren't able to get earlier access to care and earlier earlier services like root canals that it has led to more significant problems. Um, so I think that there's a potentially a cost-saving measure there before these problems kind of spiral out of control and impact people's overall health in a more detrimental way. But, you know, it's, I also think it's, it's legal. They have a legal obligation to do it, but I think also a moral obligation to ensure that all residents have equal access to basic forms of care. And I, and I hope that with this settlement, New York has also come to that conclusion as well. And will continue to look at other restrictions in the program. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you, finally, do you think that the legislature should examine how Medicaid is approaching this and institute new laws uh, mandating certain coverage? Or are you happy addressing this either administratively or through regulatory process or through the legal system? Yeah, I mean, I think that we are always interested in pursuing all of the strategies that are available to us. And I think that the legislature could have a role as a legal aid attorney who does a lot of representation in individual cases of Medicaid recipients who are being denied coverage for this care, which informs sort of how we decided to bring this case. The way that people are denied, the, the authority that ALJs, Medicaid managed care plans, health insurance companies are looking at is they're looking at what is essentially sub-regulatory guidance, this manual that says, this is, this is what we cover and this is what we don't cover. And that particular manual being the barrier that people actually experience is what we felt was the priority to address. But I do think that there are other things that the legislature could do, and I don't know, put possibly future litigation that could happen to kind of create a more robust and meaningful Medicaid dental program. Well, we've been speaking with Belkis Garcia. She's a staff attorney with the Civil Law Reform Unit at the Legal Aid Society. Belkis, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. 
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.